So we are in a series, we're calling it uh, Hashtag Struggles, JNC, because we, we want to be following Jesus in a selfie-centered world. And there's a lot, um, uh, a lot of the social media buzz. Last week we talked about contentment and how one of the things social media has done, it, it's amplified the lack of that, the discontent that people have. Today, what we're going to talk about is relationships intimacy in relationships. And before I, before I jump into that, I'm not saying that technology is bad. I'm not saying that social media is bad. I love technology. In fact, uh, for, for years on my resume, I mean even 40 years ago on my resume, I had one of the things I believe is a gift that I have is technology. I, I can understand things and I can use it to reach people for Jesus. So it's part of my gifts and abilities. And I like that. In fact, Almost every Sunday, I'm going to read you one here. Um, I can't read all of it. <laughs> Almost every Sunday, Julie texts me, and she texts me some line of encouragement. Um, uh, today, it says, love you and praying for you, and there's more, but um, we don't need to get into that. Um, <laughs> but I, I got another text this morning, too, and I, I struggled all week with some. It doesn't matter, sinus infection, junk, it was, but, but somebody texted me this morning that on a regular basis, they text me, whenever God lays it on their heart, they just pray for me, and they text me and say, I'm praying for you, and it's so funny how often it comes at the exact time that I need it, and so I love how we can connect using technology, I like that, but too much of this, too much technology will hurt your relationships. And it will distract you from what God intended. And so today, what I want to do is I want to talk about intimacy in relationships. And I hope that you'll hear everything that we talk through, through the filter of the words of Jesus. And we're going to look at John 13 in just a minute, but I want to give you the context of those verses first. Um, and then I want you to listen to what we talk about through the filter of these words of Jesus. I think it's, it's so funny to me, Julie and I talk about this all the time, how what I'm studying all week or what I'm going through all week and, and getting ready to prepare for Sunday, how often um, God has that come to me from so many different directions. Um, I'm reading, I'm, I finished the Old Testament, reading through the Bible. I'm on, a, I'm on a schedule to go through the Bible in six months. And I started, I don't remember how many months ago, I'm a little bit behind, but I've, I'm catching up. And where I was at this week and this morning were literally the verses that I'm using for, for my sermon. And it's like, how does that happen? There's 66 books in the Bible. How does it do that? And I love the way God kind of puts that all together. But in this passage in John 13, this is right before Jesus, he, he's going to say some final words to his disciples before he gets betrayed and, and arrested and they have the trials and he goes through the trials and he's crucified. It's right before that happens and Jesus comes in and he washes the disciples' feet, takes the basin of water and the towel and goes down and washes the disciples' feet and I, it's hard for me to convey to you what a shocking self-sacrificing, humble move this was for the Son of God, the Messiah, to kneel down and do what was considered the most humble and low, humiliating task to wash the feet of the disciples. He showed love to them. And then, here's what he says to them after that in John 13, starting in verse 34, he says this, a new command I give you, Jesus says, love one another. 
Now remember who he's talking to. He's talking to a, gr- a bunch of gruff, rough and tumble guys, you know, some fishermen, a tax collector, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. He's talking to these guys. He says, here's my new command, love one another. And then he says, as I have loved you, love one another. And he just demonstrated love. And in a few days, there would be an incredible demonstration of love. He said, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, it's very important what he said. It's also important what he didn't say. What he didn't say is that they'll know you are my disciples by your theology. He didn't say that. Is theology important? Yes. It's important to know. It's important to get into God's word. It's important to know that. But that's not how they're going to know you're my disciples, he said. He didn't say they'll know you're my disciples if you go to church a lot. Should you go to church? Yes. You should answer yes. I'm, I'm a pastor. It's kind of my thing. Yes, you should go to church. But that's not how people will know that you're a disciple of Jesus. He didn't say they'll know you're a disciple if you have a Christian bumper sticker. I'm not against Christian bumper stickers. I've seen how some of you drive, though. (laughs) You should not have Christian bumper stickers on your car. He said, that's not how you'll know that you're my disciple. He said, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So I want you to listen to this message today through that filter, through that filter of what Jesus said about that. So I want to ask you a question. When we talk about relationships, how is technology changing relationships? How is the technology that we're experiencing today changing relationships? I want to just share three quick things with you to set this up. Um, There's a whole bunch of ways, but these are three of the big ways that it's changing. Here's the first one. The term friend is evolving. The term friend is evolving. It's not the same as it was a few years ago. The average adult Facebook user has between 350 and 400 friends. The average American has two close friends in real life. That's down from six two decades ago. Two close friends. 25% of people say they have no close friends. Zero. So there's plenty of online activity, but more limited personal intimacy. And we find that the term friend is evolving. We think we have a lot of friends because we have all these numbers. So that's the first thing. The second way that technology is changing relationships, number two, is we're becoming addicted to immediate affirmation. Here's what we mean by that. Day's going bad, you're feeling lonely, get your phone out. It's like, I'm going to take a selfie. I'm not. But I could take a selfie, and it's like, nah, that one's not good. That's my bad side. There. No way. <laughs> Take a selfie, and I, and I post a selfie, and then, and then I watch. And then I watch it. How many likes am I going to get? What's going to happen there? Are there going to be any comments on that? What's going to happen? And they actually have a term for this. You know what it is? It's a little sad. Deferred loneliness. People are lonely. And what they do is not getting rid of that. It's just deferring it. It's not taking care of the loneliness. They are living for likes while they're longing for love. 
That's what technology is doing a little bit. This instant gratification, you know, everybody's liking your stuff, you know. It stimulates the brain's reward center. We talked about this in the last series. Remember dopamine? That's what happens with this. And then all of a sudden you can't get enough and you do it more and you do it more. It's like, oh, he liked it. Look at that. I got, I got 100 likes. This is, this is amazing. And, oh, but she didn't. And I don't know about this. Uh, is that person following me? And, and all of a sudden we get addicted to this immediate affirmation. The third thing, the way technology is changing relationships, I think is probably the most powerful. We have the power to do friendship on our own terms. That's what it's done to us. Somebody texts me. When I get that text, I respond on my terms. I don't have to right away. You can think about it. You can mess with them and push the little thing in there that makes their, their dots go, that makes them think I'm replying and I'm really not. I see somebody post something, I can like it if I like. If I don't want to, I don't have to. I don't have to do that. I can comment if I want to, but I don't have to comment. I can follow somebody, I can unfollow somebody. We're, 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 we feel we have the power to do friendship on our own terms. Here's what, what has been discovered. The more people use social media, and again, not saying social media is bad in the correct context, But the more people use social media, the more they crave personal interaction because it's really not a real substitute for it. We are more connected than ever and yet more alone than ever. I read this week, someone said this, young girl, all I know to do is go click, click, scroll, scroll, click, click, scroll, 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 click, 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 scroll. And I'm wanting something more. But she said, I don't have the discipline to stop this. I don't have the discipline to engage in what I know I really want. I don't know how to get from here to there. Because that's what she's learned. I would interpret that as, I don't know how to get off the hamster wheel. It's like, it's just going, 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 going. So here's, here's what I believe the secret of this is. And the secret of this, it does not matter if you are on this extreme and addicted to social media or on this extreme and you don't use it, you have your, you know, your flip phone. That's perfectly okay. It doesn't matter where you're out on that because this applies to everybody. The same answer is for everybody. And here it is. Practice the power of presence. That's not presence, E-N-T-S. That's like Christmas and birthday stuff. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being there. Practicing the power of presence. Here's what the, the author of Hebrews says in, in chapter 10, starting in verse 24. Let us think of ways. So this is something we've got to do on, on purpose. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect commenting on somebody's post. Or let us not neglect liking someone's thing. That's not what it says. It says, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. We say this all the time. We are better together. We are better. We're designed to be together. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Does that mean he's not with you if you're alone? No, he's with you if you're alone. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you believe that he came and lived and died for you, 
And he paid for your sins on the cross and you've accepted him as Savior. Turn from your sins and turn to Jesus and are a follower of Jesus. He will never leave you or forsake you. But there is a special presence when more than one believer is together. And if you're a believer, you've experienced that. You've you've been in a group and you've experienced that there is a power in that presence because we're better together. Think about it this way. We just talked about this over Christmas. Jesus. Who's Jesus? What did they call him? Emmanuel. You know what Emmanuel means? God with us. You see, he could have loved us from a distance. He could have shouted his love from heaven, but he didn't. He came here, became one of us, and showed us his love. That's what Jesus did. That's the power of presence. That's how important it is. So, we want to get practical. This is the YBH, the yes but how. How do we do this? This is for everyone. If you use social media, it's for you. If you don't use it, it's still for you. This is how we do it. And, and you're going to say, that's really simplistic. And then I would ask you, are you doing it? Because if you're not doing it, you still need to hear it. So here's what it is. Just two things today. So all you got to remember is two things today. Here's the first one. Be present. Be present. Show up. I will love people face to face. Not just thumbs to thumbs. If you're married, it's only for married people. You can also love belly button to belly button, but that's only if you're married. But we will love face to face, not just thumbs to thumbs. Here's what Paul says in Romans chapter 12. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. See, sometimes Christians can get good at pretending. So don't just pretend. Really love them. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. When God's people are in need, what does it say? Be ready to help them. That's what it means to be present. So you've got a friend. Your friend is hurting. Could be something really bad and and hard and, and, and troublesome. It could be something not. But when you're hurting, you're hurting. And so what can you do if your friend is hurting? How do you really love them? Well, one acceptable way to do that is you can text message them. You know they're hurting and you text message them. We've all seen these texts. I get them. I I see comments on, on, on social media like this. People will say, I'm thinking about you. When I hear that, it's like, what? I could care less if you're thinking about me. <laughs> Pray for me. <laughs> thinking about me doesn't do anything. I'm thinking about you. Oh, I feel better already. <laughs> but it's acceptable to text somebody. Just text them that you're praying for them. But then really pray for them. But that's acceptable. But you know, you got more than that in you. You can step it up a little bit. You want to take the next step and do something. Some of you don't realize this, so this is your public service announcement. This here, this smartphone, you can, you can post on Instagram. You can do Snapchat with it. You can do all kinds of things. You know what else you can do? This is magical. You know what it does? You can make a phone call. <laughs> Some people don't even know that. You can make a phone call on it. And that would be the next step that you would call somebody who was hurting and really love them because there's something you get from hearing a voice and hearing the, the tone in the voice and hearing the inflection that you can't get from a text message. Anybody in here have a text message that was misinterpreted? 
yeah, sometimes really bad. Um, a call is better. But you know what? I know that you guys, you're followers of Jesus. You got it. You know that you can take it to the next level. And you know what the next level is? Get in your car and drive over there. You know, I don't have a car. Take a bicycle. Okay, it's Minnesota. Take a snowmobile. Go over there. Um, your old VW Bug. If you weren't here last week, you have no idea why I said that. Take your Harley Davidson over there. Here's what you do. You be present. You show up. There is a power in presence. There have been so many times when I have met with people who have been going through incredibly difficult circumstances, horrible things in their life. And I remember I'm going to see them and it's like, I don't know what to say. I don't have any words for this. And I go and I meet with them and I sit with them and you know what we do? We hug and slobber and cry. And you know what it does? It helps. Because the truth is, there are no words. The presence is what helps. That's the difference between praying for somebody and praying with somebody. It's a huge difference. So maybe for you, it's God has laid somebody on your heart, and you need to invite them out to lunch. You know, invite them out to coffee. Maybe what you need to do is you need to be in a, in a journey group, in a small group. And you say, well, there isn't any starting right now. Well, then start one and you'll be in a group and you'll be able to connect with people and you'll be able to help people. Maybe open up your home and start that group. And you say, yeah, doesn't, don't those kind of things get messy? Yes, very. You know why? Life is messy. It's all broken. But that's where the healing can comes in. I know that for many of you, that means stepping out of your comfort zone sometimes. But there is a power in presence that you'll never get when you're alone. So the first thing is to be present. But you know what? That alone is not enough. It's not enough to just be present. Here's the second thing. Be engaged. First service, I said that, and a bunch of people said, yeah, I'd like to be engaged. It's like, that's not the kind of engaged I'm talking about. I'm talking about being engaged, not just physically being there, but emotionally. Fully engaged. Plugged in to what's going on there. Here's what First uh, Peter 4, 8 says. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. What he's talking about is a deep spiritual engagement where we're all in, where the person in the room across from us, from us is the most important one to us. That's what he's talking about. Being engaged. We've all seen this. Most have done this. You go to a restaurant and you see a family sitting there and the kids are all like this. And the mom's like this. And the dad's like this. Just to show you I'm not immune, I want to show you a picture from eight years ago. Yes, that's Josh. This is us at McDonald's. Um, now, in, in our defense, we're playing the game of the day, which was draw something. We were all playing together. So we were connected together. Um, but we're all... You can take that off now. We don't need to look at that <laughs> any longer. But we've all seen that. We've all seen that. I can't tell you how many times I've seen a bunch of students 
you know, young adults, they're sitting around a table. They're all sitting around a table like this. And you know what they are? Looking at their phones, they are alone together. They're alone together. That's what they're doing. Imagine, you go out with somebody, you're sitting there with coffee, you're sitting having coffee with somebody. There they are, you have to imagine. (laughs) And he's got this incredibly important story to tell me. So he's telling me this story, and partway through the story, I remember this, seeing this news article that caught my eye. I got my copy of World Magazine, and it's like, I just wanted to see what that said. So I read that page. Um, I'm looking at the pictures, but the print's real small. But you could read the page. And then I put it back, and I go, go ahead, go ahead. It's okay. Keep going. So he starts talking again, and he's talking to me, and partway through, it's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I got my shopping list. When I was there, I forgot to pick up bagels. So I'm just going to, I don't want to forget that next time I go, so I'm put down bagels there. I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep talking. So he keeps talking, something catches out of the corner of my eye, and I see somebody I haven't seen in a while, and I go over there, and say, I haven't seen you in a long time, it's good to see you, I haven't been to church in a while, it's nice to see you, glad you're back, and we have a little conversation, and then I come back and sit down, and I say, okay, go ahead, keep going, keep going. You know what he would be saying? What kind of an idiot are you? <laughs> you know what? We do that all the time. We have somebody right in front of us, and here's what we're doing. I have this, I have a problem now, I'm doing it. By the way, just in case any of you smart ox are thinking about this, my phone, everything here is on airplane mode, so you can't distract me right now. Because <laughs> I know some of you are going to try. My watch, this is my thing to keep me healthy, okay? It's kind of a problem, though, because when I'm talking to people, I'm, I'm involved in a conversation with them, and I have it on silent, but it'll go, <laughs> and I hear it, and it's like, I don't hear it, I feel it. It's like, I want to do this, and I want to look at it. All they know is in the middle of their sentence, I've looked at my watch. It's like, oh, you want to leave? It's like, no, 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 that's not what it was. But that's what we do. That's what we do. Here's the problem. Every time this thing buzzes, or bings, or whistles, or vibrates, or whatever it does, it's like, what am I missing? Something could be very important on there. There's actually a word that they've coined for this. It's called FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. Something happens there and it's like, oh, I got a notification. What am I missing? I could be missing the funniest cat video ever. Or, or the funny political meme that I haven't seen yet, you know? Or this picture that I need to like. Here's what I know. At the end of your life, when it's all said and done, is it really going to matter how many likes you got? It won't be about the likes you got. It will be about the love you showed. That's what it will be about. See, we've done this as parents. We've all done it. You know, our ki- in different ways, our kids are begging for attention and we're focused on something else. Because it's important at the moment for us. Today, it's, it's off in the phone, and the kid's tugging it, you know, and it's like, I'm busy, I'm on my phone. It's like, what are you doing? I'm looking up how to raise kids on Pinterest. And it's like, your kid's right here! <laughs> Answer them, you know? But we've all done this begging for our attention. So, I don't know how this applies to you. I don't know where you're at on that spectrum. 
So I don't know how this applies to you. Um, it could be the social media thing. It could be you're not on social media. I don't know how it applies to you. But maybe if the phones are an issue, maybe at dinner, the phones go like this, down. And you don't look at them. Maybe in your small group, you put all the phones down. And you don't let that distract you from it because what you're doing is important. You know, for you married couples, you know, phones in bed together. Um, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying, guys, listen. If you're both, you and your wife, you're in bed, you're both on your phones. And you text asking if she's in the mood. (laughs) And the reply comes back, hashtag headache. (laughs) You're done. I think you should have showed up in real life, okay? But you know, social media isn't the only way to become disengaged. It's very easy for people to blame social media, and it certainly does amplify it, but this has been a problem forever. I remember growing up, my dad, they didn't have social media back then. They didn't have smartphones. Our phone was this big. It was black. It was on the wall. It had a big dial on it. It had a long enough cable that you could go in the other room and close the door to have some privacy. They didn't have social media. It was social media, actually, because we had a party line, and somebody was always listening when you talked. It's really weird. You know what my dad had? My dad had TV and a newspaper. Comics. That's where I get it from. <laughs> Years of comics. You want to talk to him, you want to engage with him, and there it is, paper in front. Or, not right now, I'm busy. What are you doing? I'm watching TV. This is a rerun. You've seen it already. Yeah, but I'm busy. We all have our thing. Let me ask you this. What turns your attention away from people? What is it that turns your attention away from people? Maybe it's TV. If it's the internet. You know, maybe it is social media. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's just general busyness. You know, your to-do list. I've got to get this done here, around the shop, around the house, or whatever. What is it that turns your attention away from people? Because the truth is, some of us are missing out on what's most important. And that's the people right in front of us. First John says this, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Very important. Because it's really easy, especially for Christians, to say, we love each other. He says, don't just say it. Let's not merely say we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Let's really do it. So in other words, don't just tell somebody you'll pray for them. Do it. Pray for them right there. Pray with them. They're on the phone. Could you pray for me? Yes, right now. Start praying. First time you do that, you're going to feel weird. And so are they. The second time you do it, you won't feel as weird. The third time you do it, it'll feel really natural. When you're with somebody and they ask you to pray for them, pray for them. Just do it. Don't just like something. Do something. Step out of your comfort zone. This was like, this is literally the secret sauce that made the new church explode when the church first started in Acts chapter 2. When the church first started, this is what happened. They loved each other. They really loved each other. Somebody had a need, they took care of it, even if they had to sell something they had. And nobody had a need. And what happened is, people all around started watching that. It said their number was added to daily by people who were coming to Jesus. 
These were people who were saying, I'm not 100% sure I believe everything you believe yet, but you know what? I want what you have. You have genuine love. That's what Jesus meant when he said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's how Christians need to be known. You know what I know? If we really loved each other the way we should, they would be knocking the doors down to get in here. That's what we need to be known for. So some of you, some of you, you say, yep, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a Christian, but I don't have time for that. You don't have time to not do that. To be able to really connect, to be present, and to be engaged. And you will be shocked at how your relationships improve when that happens. And some of you, you've never come into that relationship with Jesus. For you, it's still about church. It's still about religion. And maybe you're thinking, I would like that. I would like to be able to have that connection that you can have as a Christian because somebody else is a follower of Jesus and they have him living in them and you can connect and when two or three gather together, there he is in the midst and it's an amazing thing. And I'd like to know what it is to be forgiven. I'd like to know what it is to have meaning and purpose in life today and a living hope for the future. If that's what you're thinking, that's why God brought you here today. Because you can walk out different than you walked in. By faith, say, I don't understand all that. You don't have to understand all that. You say, I don't even know what to do. You don't have to do anything. Jesus did it all. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came and lived and died for me. I believe you rose again. You ascended to heaven. You're coming back one day. I believe that what you did was for me and it paid for my sin. I'm turning from my sin and I'm turning to you, trusting you as Savior. You get Jesus you get his Holy Spirit inside you. You become a child of God. And you get the power, the same power it says that raised Jesus from the dead, to live in you. To be able to help you to have the relationships that you'd like. To have the intimacy that you'd like. To see things happen. I'd like to ask you to bow your heads as we pray. Father, I know there's a lot of people here that they already know you. Some have walked with you for weeks and some have walked with you for decades. I know too, Father, that it's so easy for us to become disconnected with people. And I pray that those who know you would not just love in word, but would love in in deed and in truth today. That we would be more engaged, that we would be more connected with each other and be present. To experience that power of presence. And I pray, Father, for, for any listening to this who have not yet experienced that relationship with you. They thought it was about church or religion or rules or regulations or rituals. I just pray that today they would understand it's about a relationship. One that you wanted with us so desperately that you came to earth and became one of us and willingly gave up your life to pay for our sin so that we could have that relationship with you. And that in simple faith, They could say, Jesus, I don't understand all that, but I want you. I'm turning from my sin. I'm turning to you as my Savior. And that in that quietness of their own heart, they could understand finally what it is to have that relationship with you. Father, we love you. And it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand for the closing song.
the perfect song to close this, wasn't it? If you're looking for that friend that sticks closer than a brother, that's Jesus. And if you don't know him, you can know him today. If you'd like someone to pray with you, all you have to do is make your way to that door right there. Julie, wave back there. Make your way to that door. Somebody will pray with you. If you need a Bible, we have one for you. We can get you one. We don't want you to leave here without knowing Jesus. So if you need somebody to pray for you, go back there. Um, Jesus said, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And we are now done early. You know why? So that you can actually talk to someone. You have the time, we're early, you can talk to someone, say hello, step a little out of your comfort zone, and maybe you'll meet someone new. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for demonstrating that love in such a vivid, tangible way by coming and becoming one of us and giving up your life for us so that by your sacrifice we could be made clean. Thank you, Father, for that ultimate display of the power of presence. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.